a reading from Hold That Thought, Sorting Through the Voices in Our Heads by Jem Fadling. In the animated Disney movie Inside Out, emotions such as joy, sadness, and anger were personified so we could look at them objectively. We were invited to hear from them and learn about ourselves and others. In a similar way, I'd like to personify some of the voices we have in our heads so that we can detach a bit and see them from a distance. In this way, we may be able to engage our inner observer and gain a little more insight into the monologues, dialogues, and diatribes that float through our brains on any given day. There are some voices that do not simply drift through. They are more deeply ingrained, so much so that we make the mistake of thinking that the voices and thoughts are, in fact, us. But as we were reminded from classic spirituality, we are not our thoughts. We have thoughts. We are not our thoughts. We have thoughts. These inner voices are thoughts, and we can learn to notice, discern, and respond to them. I have chosen a few common inner voices and have given them names so that we can take a more objective look at each one. We are influenced by these voices, and yet we have the power to befriend, integrate, and release much of the angst that comes from allowing them to take the driver's seat. Each of these inner voices can become our teachers as we learn to listen to them, but we must remain in the driver's seat of our own lives. We decide which thoughts to focus on and what we do once we've noticed what is being said. This path toward maturity takes practice. We won't get it perfect, but we can make tremendous progress in our ability not to be taken captive by fearful or controlling inner voices. There's no need to judge any of these voices. That adds to their shame, and they devolve into the worst form of themselves as they go unseen, unheard, and unacknowledged. It is our acknowledgement of them that liberates us to experience a more full, rich, and free life. If we do not look the voices squarely in the eye, we might remain trapped in unhelpful and unhealthy ways. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. So happy that you have found your way back here. We are here today for part two of my conversation with Jem Fadling, author of Hold That Thought, Sorting Through the Voices in Your Head. I don't know about you, but I have been putting into practice the beautiful invitations that she gave to us in part one and that powerful tool that her therapist shared with her to turn off the spigot of adrenaline that wants to rush through our body and overwhelm us and keep us in a state of hypervigilance and overwhelm, turn it off and allow the adrenaline just to flow through your body, go down the drain and receive the calm that God has for each one of us. Heartlifters, I want to hear from you. 
I want to hear what you are gleaning and how you're growing. Stay tuned as I'm working so hard behind the scenes to bring us to a community space online where we can actually chat and see each other's faces and have meaningful connection. Pray for the clarity and the wisdom for me to make that happen for us. I am longing for that. And today, I have to say a big shout out to Andrea, one of our fiercest heartlifters. She listens ardently and is always commenting, and I just love her to pieces. And she happens to live locally and be a, a dear friend of mine. And so today I was coming out of the grocery store and here I hear this, Janelle, Janelle. And I look over and she's riding by in her car. I'm supposing she was on her lunch break. And she says, listen, listen, listen. She turns up her radio and there is the podcast playing out. And I just thought to myself, number one, I practiced gratitude. I let it soak in. And I thought if anyone had told me years ago, maybe even three or four years ago, that I would have a podcast and people could listen to it in their cars on their radio, I think I might have laughed. But it was a very exciting moment to actually see someone in the middle of the practice of listening and gleaning and growing. So let me hear from you, Heartlifters. I want to hear how you're growing. Where are you when you're listening to the podcast? Are you walking, jogging? Are you at work on your lunch break? I want to hear. Head over to heartliftcentral.com and just leave me a message. Just leave me a message there. Or head over to Instagram at Janelle Rairden and give me a, a message there or DM me. Okay, no further ado here. We are picking up in our conversation today where Jim was going to enlighten us and give us wisdom on what do we do with all of these thoughts that are going on in our head. And she gives them names. And Jem reinforces a beautiful theory uh, called internal family systems in her book. I am so thankful that she is bringing internal family systems to us in the way that only Jem could do through a spiritual director, through her beautiful heart. So if you are not familiar with internal family systems, you can go back to season five, episode 15, and that is where Dr. Allison Cook introduces us to that in the episode Becoming Stronger by Setting Healthy Boundaries for Our Soul. And then her co-author, Kimberly June Miller, shares with us in season six, episodes 12 and 13, more about befriending this internal family system that lives inside of us. If you're hungry to know more, there are so many episodes now on the podcast that you can return to and listen to again and again so that you can understand uh, your internal family system that lives inside of you and tries to dominate your thoughts. And we want to shape healthy thoughts. In Jem's book, Hold That Thought, we're not going to get to all of this information in part two, but she offers us a few of these internal family system voices, the stressed achiever, the positive thinker, the inner critic, the anxious controller, the complaining victim, the passive spectator, and the unsettled heart. You might identify with one or more, I do. But in today's beautiful conversation, Gemma's gonna give us more tools 
and more wisdom, how to hold that thought. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. For so many reasons, um, some of our recent episodes, we've been talking a lot about uh, hearing God and the Holy Spirit. But one dominant theme that has really come out, and you just you just imaged it for us, and that's why I got so moved, was that God can speak to us, of course. But when we have filled ourselves with His Word and with His presence and with His his thoughts and stealing away the whole overarching theme of this season for me is to invite all of us to really understand the secret place, to really understand the value of stillness, silence, and solitude. When, because I believe that moment on the step for you was a culmination of probably your hearts cry for a long, long time. Decades, yes. Yes, spent in the secret place, crying out to God. Why can't I stop these feedback loops, we would call them? Why do these negative thoughts, why do these these limiting beliefs, why do these voices, why, why, why? And you've been working with the spirit and then all of a sudden it's all inside of you and then all he has to do is just call it up. And so, but if it's not in there, if you don't do the labor, if you don't do the labor of the secret place, the labor of, you know, stillness, silence, and solitude, because it's hard, then there won't be anything for the spirit to draw out. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really think that's true. That's why we talk about spiritual practices. We practice. Yeah. Mm Right. We're practicing and and I have absolutely imperfectly and fumbly, but yeah. intentionally over the course yeah. of my life, as long as long someone taught me silence and solitude when I was 26. Oh wow. So I've been practicing that for more than half my life. Wow. And and that that means something. Again, yes. completely imperfectly. I mean, if you if anybody wanted to measure my life by any standard, you'll find all the foibles you want to find. Of course. And but I have a big and next to that. And I never gave up. That's it. That's it. I right just there. never gave up. I, I the thing about me, there's one thing about me. I'm I'm persistent. Dog with a bone. <laughs> I am I I'm not giving up on Jesus. I'm not giving up on transformation. Mm-hmm. I if if I can learn something and grow and improve and change, if I can help somebody else do that too. Yes, 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 yes. So I do that in my imperfect way. I keep moving. But I think you're absolutely right. Every time, every time, whether or not I sensed God's presence or whether or not I felt like I got any kind of insight or goodie, it didn't matter. It didn't even matter. The time that was set aside for that did something. 
Yes. Inside yes. of me. The deposit. It's a reservoir. It's a yeah, exactly. That's the that is exactly the way I think about it too as a reservoir. The reservoir. The reservoir is getting filled. Or if you want to think of it as just even a space. Like I feel like there's yes. a there's a territory inside my inside me that enlarges. It does. Oh, it's my one of my favorite things. Enlarge your capacity. Yes. Yes, that happens. Yes. And and silence and solitude is not the only practice that does no. that. But I will tell you this. It's it is a good one. It is. <laughs> I know. Because I'm a mover. I was a dancer my whole life. So I'm a mover. So I yeah. walk and I feel, you know, when I when yeah. I walk, now I can with my renewed, beautiful new hip, you know, yeah. I'm gonna be able to go back and start you know, being outside in nature and walking or climbing hills. Okay. So I have to respect you, dear Jim and your time. The one thing that I was like, what is it about this book that I feel like is different than the other, even my own book, you know, different because I've learned so much from since I wrote Stronger Every Day and I wrote a whole thing about finding your voice and all that, but then you have this whole chapter on finding your voice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm learning, you know, since three years ago when I wrote this book. But you get to the point that I really want to bring out today. And I want to know why you brought this point. Here is what you say. Well, there's two things. I'm lying, two things. Well, the first thing was everything I need, I already have. But Trinitarian love is the foundation on which we build our thought life. The third thing was God is not elsewhere. Oh, I mean, I'm getting chills again because a few weeks ago I woke up with a whisper and it was the Psalm that says the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And I thought, huh. So talk to me. Why did you bring out the profound message thought about Trinitarian love being that bedrock upon which we build our thought? Wow. This was important to me. I actually got a little ways into the book. I don't know how far into it I was. And I realized, I just felt like something was missing. There's something missing here. I'm not, there's something really important that has to be said alongside this. Cause you can't just do thought work. I mean, first of all, we are completely, you know, Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made. So we've got emotions, we have thoughts, we have instincts. So all, but I'm not talking about in this book, I'm talking about thoughts because that's one thing we can notice. Okay. But I was like, you can't just talk about thoughts. And I realized the missing piece was God's love. And so there's actually a combination of things that has made this very real in my own life, right? First of all, I told you we became Anglican. My husband and I, um, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago. And uh, our church is called Holy Trinity. There you go. Holy Trinity. So the idea of the Trinity just became very large in my life. And it just renewed in me, Father, Son, Spirit, surrounded. And the teachings that our pastor was teaching about this beautiful community of love and belonging, all of them pointing to the other in mutual admiration. I mean, just the the amount of teaching I was getting, not that every week we were talking about the Trinity, but he did do a series. I just remember being completely bowled over by 
the description of this loving community. No one has to stand out. There's no ego. It's pure love, everyone pointing to the other. And I was like, and we're invited into that. And so then my brain exploded. My brain exploded. I was like, okay, all right. And so I've been on this journey, been on this Mm -hmm. journey. Of course, it's my life's journey. In Christ, this is our life's journey. What else? The mystical journey culminates in what they call union. Yes. Union, right? So yes. my heart, So much more That's than just it. the rules and regulations that we're that we think is going on. We're invited to union into this loving Trinity, and so I was like, "There it is." That's you know, it. I went back and and I was like, "Okay, we're going to talk about the Trinity here because." We're on twin rails. You can't just talk about thought work. Yes, thought work is important because we need to be aware of what's happening so we're not just bowled over or pushed back or enslaved. But along with that, at the same time, can I grow in how much I am opening to the love that God is offering? That's it. That's so, it's, 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 the, it's everything. It, it really it, it is. Really I mean, is. that's the gospel. We're loved. We are loved. I know, Jim Fadling, but... It is not what we're being. I know overflowed. it gets lost. It's, it gets yeah. lost. I'm at a loss lost. for words because this is yeah. so deep in my heart. It's yeah. it's First John four. You know, I know and I believe that God loves me. Yeah. It's verse sixteen, I think, and it's like He woke me up months and months ago. I've spoken about it on the previous episodes, but He woke me up and I was in a really hard place and I was on the floor and my breathing room, I call it. And he said, I want you to read first John four. That doesn't happen all the time. Like I, I mean, rare though I hear a specific and I'm reading it and I get to that verse. And I said, well, obviously I don't know you love me. I'm 40. I'm, you know, 40 years in, um, I don't really know why that you're saying, but I obviously don't know because of something that was going on. And that is when I understood that no matter what I can do as a clinician or a, a coach, whatever you want to call what I do, or you as a spiritual director, none of us are as friends or family members, unless someone really grasps and it is endowed. Like I just wept. I was like, oh, if everyone in my life walks out on me, oh. I'm still okay. Yeah. I'm still secure. I'm still safe. I'm still loved. I'm still held. I'm still seen. I'm still known. Why is that such a revelation? I know. I know. It makes me sad. It makes me sad that, because I know it's, it's to a person. I mean, who do you know that doesn't have this issue? I mean, just about every, every woman I talk with ever has or some they version don't know that they don't know like i didn't <laughs> well, know yeah. <laughs> that i didn't know i just knew right. i was still in the same little gerbil yeah. wheel yeah. doing all this work on my inner life my thoughts my life all these things but still had not opened yeah like you said you went so wide open yeah i was desperate and i was desperate yeah yeah but do we always have to be desperate but that's why I'm I'm so happy that you have said this in this book. Yeah. I'm so glad you lived it as hard as it was. I'm so grateful that you kept climbing and that you were open because I just pray that millions of people 
hear this word yeah. from you and the work that God has done in your life, because we have to know and believe that God loves us. No therapeutic help will help you. It will get you to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. Yeah. It'll keep us going. Those oh, are yeah. all good things. Oh, yeah. So, Well, I just, it's as you're sharing that, I'm realizing God really solidified his love for me in my DNA in a couple of ways. And, and this is a harsh, this is a harsh truth, actually. Um, I I felt a, my my level of conviction about God's love for me was deepened in a time of severe pain and in a time of severe anger. Now, isn't that interesting? Oh, boy. Because he met me. So he met, I'm just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say from that is we we shun the difficult aspects of our life usually because we who want nobody wants anything hard to oh. happen. I mean, I have I'm a I'm a mother now of adult of adult sons, okay? <laughs> and I right. know how life works, but I don't want them to have one hard thing happen to them. But I know unless something ha- unless something happens, they won't develop as humans should develop. I understand that. But still, and so when I look back on my own life, I'm like, I know how this works. I am deepened, I am grown, I am shaped when it's hard. But if you were to ask me, when did you sense God the, the nearest to you? And it, if in each instance, it was in a fraction of seconds, you could measure it, but it was an undeniable, like penetrating moment of knowing yes. that God was with me. So one of them was, in, I won't tell both stories because that'll yeah, take a lot of time, but, ju- mm-hmm. but just know that it was I was really angry one time in midlife. You know, you're just mad about yep. everything because yep. regret and just, ugh. I was pacing in my room and just, but oh, God so showed me that. Know. So good I know. to know. <laughs> everything I did was wrong. And why am I here? And what am I, I mean, it was just a pure meltdown of midlife. Yes. But while yeah. I was doing it, God showed me an image of his hands holding like cupped hands like this. Mm. And, and basically he said, you know, while you do this, I will hold you. That is love. God didn't say, why are you so mad? You need to be grateful. Stop that. No, yeah. I was railing with my jaw clenched and I was mad at God. I was mad at everybody. I was mad at me. And all I sensed from God in, in this little moment in the midst, middle of my anger was, while you do this, I will hold you. That changed me. It changed me, Janelle. Well, it's changing me because yeah. <laughs> uh, you, 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 we were trying to explain spiritual direction. Well, that's it. The great spiritual director is it's just a whole space while people, while God works in people's lives. I'm just living it again. I just all yeah. this path, I hold the space, Janelle, you've got this, you can do this. Yeah. So that's what he showed. He did it for he you. He did it for me. And he did it also in pain. I had a, I had an issue with a nerve, which was the worst pain I've ever had. And Ooh. in the midst of that, God just, it, there were no words. It was just, it was a felt sense of presence, but it was in the middle while feeling the, the worst pain of my life physically. Now love mixed with pain will change you also. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. why Trinitarian love is important to me. Before okay. before I, I get further away from this, I just want to say the yeah. verse. This Please. is the verse that's in the book. And this is the verse that, that I unpack. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's just a blessing, right? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
And so when you're listening for the voice, we, there's a bunch of voices in this book. When you read it, you'll find all the voices that are not helpful <laughs> and how we can deal with them. But here's, here's what the voice of God will sound like, right? The, the voice of God will come through with love, right? The voice of Jesus will come full of grace and truth. And the voice of the spirit will have a sense of fellowship and connectedness. So if you're looking for a voice, if you hear a voice like that in your mind, that's God reaching in. And even if it's a hard word, yes, I was told stop pushing, stop trying, stop angsting. Yes. But right before it, what did he say? This is my body given for you. It came through with a tone. It's the tone of, of love. Yep. I received it willingly. We can all do this. I'm not telling you some magical story. This I'm sharing my life with you. This is what happened. I was anxious. Well, that's what we want. Desperate. Angry, full of pain, climbing. <laughs> all the while in the midst of a place I was supposed to be euphoric. So what a picture of supposed to's. But what I want to close with, because I think I might weep if we don't close soon. <laughs> oh. That voice of love, though, that's the crux of the matter from my middle of the night experience when God woke me up and said, go read First John 4. And then I read, I, I know and believe God's love for me. If you've never known a voice of love from a paternal or maternal place, here I am holding you know, in April, I held my first grand, now my second, and I'm just listening to the, my daughter-in-law, my daughter, my son, that voice. And I'm like, oh, this is what everyone deserves. Yes. But only 55% receive. That's a statistic. So sad. Oh, so, and that's an old statistic. So I bet it's, it's probably I, more now. I bet it's worse. Oh. Yeah, so less, whatever. I'm just adding this because that's what we call secure attachment. You know that I pound the table on it. So that that's when I think I finally received it and could discern, like you tell us to notice, discern, and respond. So when you get Gem's book, download it on Kindle if you're impatient, and then get the hard copy. <laughs> Actually, but it's she- going to come out on Audible too, yeah. Oh, even better. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So that's the NDR. We do EMDR, but this is the NDR. Right. Notice, discern, respond. So effective because I'm already already know to recite it. So that's how I know it's effective. If in fact you are like me, or even like Jim, and you still don't really know what a voice of love sounds like, well, we're talking to you in a voice of love today. Jim, your voice is a voice of love. And the voice of love is going to have authority, but not be authoritarian. Right? Yes. Is yes. that what you're saying? So good. Yes. I felt loved and corrected at the same moment, but no one pushed me down. I was not shamed. A little. I was, I was given a word for my own heart. I, ha- I was pushing, trying, and angsting. I was. And it was getting me in a world of hurt cyclically. And so the spirit, Jesus, the father, <laughs> you know, why don't you stop that? <laughs> okay. Should have thought of that. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yes. Why don't I stop that? And and I, I do. I want to circle back. You said a sentence. It is my favorite sentence. 
God is not elsewhere. Please talk to us before we go. I've got to know what you, I, I, I've read elsewhere. it. So I know, but I know my heart lifters want to know more. Yeah. What is that? To me, help? it's another way. Well, the, it's another way of saying, um, God is with, you know, in, we're coming up on Advent pretty soon, you know, and it's Emmanuel, God with us. So, but we hear that phrase all the time. God is with you. God is with you. And oh, it kind yeah. of just rolls off. Um, many years ago, I was just talking to someone and the sentence came out of my mouth. And the only reason I noticed it is because she said it back to me. She goes, wait a minute. What did you just say? You just said, God is not elsewhere. And so that has, it's another way of saying God is with me. But what it does is it reminds me that God is not far away, which is what I usually think. God yes. is not elsewhere. That means God is here. Yes. So hand. it's all a part. It's all a part of it for me of remembering the relationship, the loving uh, relationship that I am within. I so want to just ask you one last question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Because I want my nature. We share business ministry. You know, we do share that kind of frenetic world of numbers and followings and all of those likes and things, which I think probably might have played into your exhaustion. I'm only surmising. But it certainly plays into mine, and I just hate it now with a vengeance, and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that, but I'm wondering if if that is what played into it. Like if you can look back now with hindsight and go, it, it's when we begin to strive and angst and do these things in our ego or because it's expected or because if I don't do that. It could be your job. It can be parenting. My kids aren't this. They aren't that. Yeah. Is that oh, yeah, we part are. of it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we're driven. There are, this is another thing I talk about in there. And I take, I take the pushing, trying and angsting and I put it together with father Keating's um, programs for happiness, you know? And so we'd all have these drives anyway, but if you can figure out that it's coming from that really deep instinctive place of you know, um, I need power control or I need affection and esteem and I need to feel safe. Well, yes, when we're little, we're born with this because we do need these things. And hopefully we will have someone who will mirror or nurture or love. What happens is, like you said, half of us evidently have not been nurtured in this way. And so now these instincts have gone unmet. And now as adults, we're flailing around trying to, will someone like me? Will someone help me? Yes. And so it's this, it's, and it's, you can never win. Cause as soon as you get a certain number on Instagram, pay up it. You, now you don't have the next number. And then you have a friend who just explodes cause she had a real, yeah. and, you know, and now, and they're at, you can never win. It's I an, say it's, that again. Just, just say it again. <laughs> you can never win the numbers game. You know, like, did or I sell enough fame books? Game, I don't know. Or the love game or the trying fame, to fill your love, en- any of it, all of it, the security. You can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. So we try and that's how we, we get do. in trouble. Yeah. We get in trouble because now we're using people or counting people or yes. we're pushing ourselves beyond our ability. And so now there's unhealth in all different directions. And so at some point you have to rein all that in and w- if you can figure out if you have a presenting issue of some anxiety or worry or anger or fear up here on the surface, can you get curious enough and honest enough to trace it down and see, am I needing, am I feeling unsafe right now? Yes. Am I feeling unseen right now? 
do I feel out of control right now? And if you can answer one of those three questions, usually it's one of them. Sometimes it's a combination, but do your best in that moment to meet God there. Then it becomes a prayer. Oh Lord, I just found out that I'm feeling out of control right now and it's leading me to pushing and now I'm super anxious. So um, I understand that a, a good sense of self-control is, is good, but evidently I'm grasping. Now I mean, then now you're just now just pray. I see what I'm doing, Lord. Help me. Right? Do you think God would want to withhold some goodness from you if you're doing a heartfelt prayer? I mean, even if the help is an insight He wants to give you right then, or maybe there's a, a prompting, you need help. You literally need help. Get a That's good right. soul friend or get a therapist. Yeah, reach out to all the tools. Director, re- go to reach out to your pastor, like get help. You do, we don't, I think you'll agree with me on this, Janelle. I mean, we don't, we're not healed all by ourselves. I mean, there's community. Oh, we can't be. It's proven yeah. that we have to heal in community. We cannot heal in isolation. Yeah. I've, I, I keep hearing that. I believe it. And well, that's why we are the body of Christ, right? We are. That's right. Yeah. I need you and you need me. And I am, I am so over the moon grateful to you right now yeah. for this entire experience. Yes. You are a one in a million. You are a gem. That's not flattery. <laughs> so it's true. I really hope your message just expands and God enlarges your capacity to share the story about really moving towards Trinitarian love because it is in that Trinity where we are totally seen and totally known and totally heard, safe and secure. That's it. True. Amen. That's it. Amen. Love you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for today. I will tell everyone in the world how to get your book and how to find you. And uh, until next time, I just want to bless you beyond measure. Thank, Thank you, Jim. You, Tell what Alan a delightful hi. conversation. I love it. Oh we could go God. on and on and on. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so resisting. It's already going to have to be two parts. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. Thank you again for asking me. Thank All right. My honor. I promised Heartlifters part two was phenomenal. I hope that you received what you needed from the wisdom of Jem. I want to just close with another excerpt from her incredible book, Hold That Thought. It's from her final chapter, Engaging God's Voice. Our thoughts are like post-it notes we carry around in our pockets. We walk around labeling everything we see, beginning with ourselves. Too fat, too thin, too loud, too quiet, too much, not enough. Post it after post it. We categorize, classify, and catalog. It's exhausting because we believe the words on our post-its have the final say when in fact they are simply our thoughts. Our actions stem from our thoughts and emotions about our circumstances, and we wonder why we experience the results we do. Our freedom begins to emerge when we realize we are not our thoughts. We have thoughts, and we get to notice, discern, and respond to them rather than react. 
we get to notice, discern, and respond, NDR, to them rather than react. Working with our thoughts and narratives is about reading those post-its, questioning whether they are helpful or not, and then moving to wise action. God is transforming us, and we can practice cooperating with this process. We get to be who we are and love from the center of that place. We don't control people or circumstances. We notice, acknowledge, and accept, not necessarily condone, what is occurring, and by the fruit of the spirit of self-control, we make decisions about what we will think and what we will do. We take in so much information every day, all day, and it can be overwhelming. As you have made your way through this book, I do hope, this is Jem encouraging us, that you will bias toward absorption, practice, and encounter. Please don't settle for mere knowledge. The invitation here, here in this podcast conversation, part one and two, is to move at the pace of grace and grow at the pace of transformation. Let me repeat her invitation. Move at the pace of grace and grow at the pace of transformation. This pace is different from the pace of question-answer or action-reaction. The pace of transformation is alive, and it relies on our cooperative responses to the invitations of God. Mm. She admits this is a messy, winding process. And in Stronger Every Day, I say, I cannot promise you easy, but I can promise you empowering. No one gets it right the first time or even the second. Life will continue to hand us lemons from time to time, and we will experience every bit of the ups and downs and all arounds. And yet it is possible, Heartlifter, it is possible to grow in our ability to allow our truest self to lead. Wow. I leave you with Jem's powerful words that God is not elsewhere, that love mixed with pain will change you, and the time that we set aside to be in the secret place in silent solitude and stillness is never wasted. There is a territory inside of us that expands when we enter that place. Stay the course, Heartlifter. Go for a walk. Open your heart, mind, soul, and body to the power of Trinitarian love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jan blessed us with this verse from 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the anointed, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with you. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Every Day online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.